Kathy Zaga. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, we will be talking about Christmas. Hey, and we've got some Christmas music playing in the background today just to add a little bit more festive spirit to our episode. Love it. Yeah. And the scripture for today is, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, His government and its peace will never end, and He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of His ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And that was from Isaiah 9, 6-7. through Awesome. That's a good scripture. All right. Well, Christmas, one of my favorite holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents made it special when I was a kid, and I carry many of those traditions with me today. Santa Claus was a big deal in my house when I was a kid, when I was a little child. My mom made chocolate chip cookies, and we always picked out the best two of the batch and set them on a plate for Santa Claus with a big glass of milk, and we we placed the milk right next to the cookies, you Mm -hmm. know. And, you know, my brother and I were so excited when we got up the next morning to see only crumbs left on the plate and all the milk was gone from the glass. (laughs) He Uh ate them. He (laughs) ate them. Oh, my gosh, he was here. (laughs) Right? Hey, did anybody else put out, like, reindeer food? No, I didn't, but I know some of my friends did. Did you, Susan? I don't remember. No, we didn't do that. Oh, we we did. It was always, we'd put out the nuts, you know, for the reindeer. That's so cool. Yeah. I love it. You know, I carry the tradition of putting out milk and cookies with me when my husband and I had children. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up knowing that it was Jesus' birthday, and my family celebrated his birthday in a big way, you know, with all of our family around us, and it was always such a big deal. And now, one of my favorite things about Christmas is giving. Mm -hmm. I love the giving more than the receiving. Right. I love watching my children and family open their presents. As a matter of fact, I'm always the last one to open my gifts because I don't want to miss the joy on their faces mm-hmm. when they open their gifts. You guys did the same thing? Yeah, there's yeah. always a pile of mine in the corner yes. that's still, come on, Mom, hurry right, up. Right, right. <laughs> same for me. You know, this was something my, my mom taught me, that it's always better to give than to receive. Paul talks about that in Acts 20, I think it's verse 35. My mom was a giver, and I love that about her. And I'm grateful that she passed that down to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and a couple of our of other traditions that we do every year are the Christmas stockings. When my kids were younger, they were always up before us because, you know, they wanted to see what Santa brought them. And they were allowed to dump out that stocking to see what was in there. And we also opened up a gift on Christmas Eve. You know, that was such a big deal to us. And I <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I would like go in there and beg my mom, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time? Can we open our gift? No. You have to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even as adults, if my children are at my house now on Christmas Eve, they're like, "Where's my gift, Mom?" Yeah, <laughs> we still do it. You know, and another one of my favorite traditions is, is going to pick out a live Christmas tree every year mm-hmm. and decorate yeah. it. You know, I love the smell yeah, so much. It smells good. Yes. Yeah, it's something my parents did, and I I have so many memories of our family going together to pick out that perfect tree. Had to be tall. Had to have long branches, not skinny short ones. And I remember when my husband and I first got married. And we celebrated our first Christmas together. And, you know, his parents never did a live tree. 
you know, that's fine too. But he, he just didn't understand why it was such a big deal to me. But it was a tradition for us. And now he wouldn't have it any other way. You know, he loves it just as much as I do. You didn't want the Charlie Brown Christmas tree? Yeah. The one that had the few With the needles short- falling off. <laughs> right. You know, Christmas holds so many wonderful memories for me and my family that I'll cherish forever. And since I became a Christian in 1999, the birth of Jesus has become even more special to me because of all that he's done for each one of us, you know? Mm-hmm. It's such a special time. Christmas is such a special time because of the reason we celebrate it. It's important to remember Jesus, the reason for this holiday season. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? What, what traditions do y'all have? Well, you know, when I was younger, our Christmas Eve tradition was to gather around the Christmas tree, and my dad would tell the story from Luke chapter 2. You know, we always set our nativity scene in in the front, underneath, you know, at the bottom of the Christmas tree. Love it. And while my dad shared the story of the wise men, you know, and the shepherds, we'd take the figurines from the nativity scene and act out the story, moving the wise men and the shepherds, you know, around in their place to see baby Jesus lying in the manger. Aww. Yeah. Love nice. That. So, like, my dad would explain the symbolism, you know, of the evergreen tree representing representing eternal life, you know, yeah. and the star on top representing the star of Bethlehem that the shepherds followed, and, of course, the nativity representing the story in, of the birth of Jesus. And we always got to open, like, one gift on Christmas Eve, like y'all, yeah, you know, representing the gift that Jesus gave us by coming to the earth to save mankind. And, you know, he he would point out that uh, we decorate the tree with lights, representing that we as Christians are the light of the world. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was very symbolic. You know, he, then we get to open up that one gift, you know, that my mom would label, and we would open it up, and usually it was Christmas pajamas or something like that, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. When my husband and I, you know, started having kids later on down the road, you know, we continued that same tradition, wanting to pass that on to our boys. Yeah. That's awesome. It's interesting how many you keep and then you, you change once you have your own kids. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. So for me, we would always attend midnight mass at the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. which was so challenging as a kid growing up to stay up that long. Right. Right. And until they finally offered a 5 p.m. mass in which the children acted out the play of Christmas and Jesus being born. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But if it snowed, we were like... Yes, we get to stay home, home. open gifts, you know. Yeah. Um, We also opened one gift on Christmas Eve, which was usually pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. What is with pajamas? I don't don't know. Did they do the matching pajamas back then, too? I don't remember that. No, it didn't matter. We didn't have matching pajamas. It was just, you know, our own set of pajamas. But that's It was always a toy. It depended if they were on sale. She always always had a specific gift. Like We could just go pick one out from underneath the tree. But it was always some type of toy that would just occupy us, so we'd leave her alone for the rest of the night. It'll hold you off. She wanted to make sure it would last us through the evening so she could go get her baking or whatever done. Yeah, that's cool. Smart. There's strategy in that. (laughs) We, We also set up the manger early in the season, and we left Jesus out of the manger until Christmas Day. You left That's him with out. my kids. No. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't yeah. born until Christmas, right, right? Right, And we hang stockings for us, and we do open them on Christmas Day. We even hung them for our dogs. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds Put fun. Put some bones in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Treats for the dog. Uh-huh. Can't leave them out. And I love that you left Jesus out of the manger until Christmas Day. Yeah. Just that's... one more way to honor him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Laura, you want to start us off? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start us out with a question. <laughs> okay. 
What was your favorite Christmas gifts you remember receiving as a kid? Oh, my goodness. Well, mine was my first bicycle. Man, I wanted that bicycle so bad. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the happiest days of my life when I came downstairs and saw it sitting under the tree. It had the training wheels and everything on it. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple of weeks, but I got it. You know, I learned how to do it. And it's good memories of me with my dad. And another one of my favorite gifts was a dollhouse. You know, I remember that it was expensive. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think I was going to get it. My parents were like, we can't afford that. You know, right. it was like mm-hmm. $100 or something like that. And But I got it. I got it. They, mm-hmm. they kept it from me. And I also remember the Easy Bake Oven. Do y'all remember Yes. That? Yeah. Man, when I opened it on Christmas. Took forever morning. to cook anything. Yes, yeah, so with the little <laughs> light bulb I had in there. But I was the happiest girl in the world. And I cooked little cakes and cookies all day long for my family. They <laughs> needed them up in like two seconds. Yes. Oh, I got to start over. I know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but as much as I loved opening gifts, my greatest memories were the time spent with my family. You know, we just always yeah. had so much fun. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Wow. Okay. For me, my dad made me a crafted handmade horse barn. Oh, my God. Um, like, which would be Barbie size. You mm-hmm. know, with stalls and doors that could open and close made from wood. Wow. And it was etched in the wood, the Susie Ranch. It's so cute. <laughs> I loved the Susie it. Ranch. How long did you keep that thing? Do you I still have it. I was going to say. Aww. It's in New York, but um, wow. I'm going to get it one day. Yeah. For wow. your grandkids. Yeah. Actually, no, I think it's here. Yeah, it's here. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to pass it on. Yeah. It's so neat. That's so cool. Um, I also loved cash registers. <laughs> and I, one of I, I got a really great one one year, and would just play with canned goods. Ching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I loved getting toy horses. Yes, that I played with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. The saddles and the Barbies could ride them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you still love horses today. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And I loved it when I got new Barbies, not right. not ones handed down to me, but like the new ones <laughs> yes. in the eighties with the curly hair. Oh, yes, wow. right. Yeah, because yeah, so. like for me, I never had a Ken doll. You know, like yeah. I always had Barbies, right? And but I never had a like a Ken doll, and so I just took one of my brother's GI Joes. <laughs> He was my boyfriend. He had the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> I like funny. those rough and rugged types. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. So I wanted to say my favorite gifts. You know, I was thinking back. My favorite gifts were this Barbie Beauty Center, which was basically a Barbie doll head where yeah. you could fix her hair, put her makeup on. Yes, like I love oh, that. I was, always wanted that. Yeah. I, that was like the highlight. If I could think back, that's my absolute favorite gift yeah, that I ever got. Years. Yeah, yeah, that was like a big, and I, I did play with it and fix her hair over yeah. and over. <laughs> <laughs> Learned all she had permanent the makeup on. <laughs> yeah. And then there was the Barbie townhouse. Oh yeah, you know it had like three floors, yes. and you could go up in your elevator, right? And when I was older, I you know this is like when I was a teenager, but I asked for this. It was a really nice makeup kit, and it was from Estee Lauder. Oh, wow. Yeah. It had eyeshadows, lipsticks, eyeliners, everything. You, you name it, it had it all. Wow. And that was like a really big deal to me back then because I couldn't afford to buy something like that right. with my babysitting money, you know? Right. <laughs> That's what I did basically through high school and college was... Babysitting and taking care of kids well, and makeup's expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not. Yeah, it wasn't cheap. Estee Lauder, right? That's some expensive that's, that's stuff. good stuff, right? Yeah. So because we didn't have you know a lot of money growing up, it was at Christmas time that we asked for the big gifts. Like you yeah. got your your what was it that you said that you got, Kathy? That was really expensive. 
The bicycle? Oh, the bike. Yeah. Well, that and the Barbie house. The Barbie house. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Yes. That was, ex- those were expensive. They were. Yeah. 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 But those, you know, it's those things that you can't afford, you know, right. to get for yourself. So typically it was at Christmas when I would get new clothes, which, which was usually given to us by our grandmother, yeah. you know, and uh, the rest of the year, you know, was only newish clothes that I would right. get, you know, hand-me-downs from donations from people in the <laughs> <Yes>. church. <laughs> so it was at Christmas time that we got the really good stuff. You know that we'd been asking for for all year long. You know, it's my favorite time of the year. Love it. Okay, I'm I'm really dating myself here, but Uh do y'all remember waiting every year for the Sears catalog to come in the mail? Oh my gosh, yes. Or what about the Montgomery Ward catalog? (laughs) We called Monkey Ward. (laughs) Monkey Ward. We did too. I mean, as soon as it arrived, we'd sit on the couch and pick out all of our favorite toys and clothes that we wanted for Christmas. And after a while, they they called it the Wish catalog. Remember that? Mm -hmm. So the anticipation. Every year was huge for us kids, and we spent hours looking through that massive catalog and dog-earing our favorite pages. Right. You know? Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> I know. You know, times. I can admit that I have and still get sentimental around Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to pick out a live tree and decorate it with my family. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys did that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a special time with family, a togetherness and decorating and bringing a happy, joyful light into our home. Mm-hmm. While we listen to Christmas music and watch Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Wow. We love Christmas movies, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love the Polar Express. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Some of my fondest memories from childhood was hanging each ornament that we either made or purchased. And each ornament represented a special memory. My mom took the time to make so many fun, decorative, and delicious cookies. Mm-hmm. And add to these annual rituals, for example, we always set up the manger in our home. Yeah. And also, growing up Catholic, we lit the ad- Advent wreath mm-hmm. each dinner time and read the daily Advent prayer. It's wow, good. wow, that was a big deal in our house too. You know, my mom used to hand make a lot of our Christmas ornaments. They were my favorite. You know, now they have the kits. You know, like the little styrofoam kits, and mm-hmm. you stick the pins with the beads and the sequins right. and all that. I have made many of those over the years, and my kids love them. And my mom also did the fun decorative cookies. What about you, Laura? Did you yeah. do those too? Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we had them. We had flour all over the yes. counter, you know, <laughs> and too, wax and all of paper, our clothes, yes, and sprinkles the everywhere. Cutout, <laughs> I love the cutouts, and then the, she would yeah. do, with decorating. We would have just candy decorations all over the place. Oh yeah, Spritz. so much cookies. Fun. You eat half and bake the other. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> such good memories, you know. Yeah, you know, as attached as I can be to those memories and rituals. They actually have nothing to do with Christmas, I feel, or what I believe Christmas is about. Mm-hmm. We're told in the beginning of the Bible that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and lived among us. Jesus is the Word, the mind and purpose of God. That the Word is God and that the Word was present at the very beginning of creation. Jesus came into this dark, worldly environment that so desperately needed a Savior, and God so loved us that He sent His only Son to save us. We can see things have grown increasingly worse in our world today right. with what the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came into this world as a baby, innocent, pure, and human. He came to model how to do life by serving and loving one another. Mm-hmm. Christmas is the story of a God who made us for joy and delight, which is the fruit of a loving relationship with God and with our neighbors. Yep. And Jesus came to live among us to restore the gift that is native to our very beginning the heart of what it means to be made in the image of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I was thinking about Jesus' birth to our world and thinking about, you know, why God sent his son to be born into a human life 
and to live a perfect obedience, you know, to God, and then have to suffer the worst possible death at the time, you know, at that time in history. Right, right. You know, to die in our place so that we could have eternal life. All I could think of about was the huge price tag that had to be paid by our Father and His Son Jesus, so that we could be reunited with God once again. Jesus' gift of life given to us was too high of a price for anyone on this earth to ever pay. It's truly the most extravagant gift that we'll ever receive. Right. Right? That's That's beautiful. You know, as we discussed in our last episode on the family, it was God's desire in the very beginning to have a relationship with a family. He created mankind in His very own image, and He is our Father, and we are His sons and daughters. He desired an intimate working relationship with us. But when the first of his chil- children sinned, it created a separation you know, of that closeness that they once shared. And because God the Father is holy, we cannot enter into his presence or have that closeness with him unless our sins are covered by a sacrifice of blood. So for many, many years, God's chosen people, the Hebrews or Israelites, had to sacrifice animals in order to pay or cover the price for their sins that they had committed. And this was God's design as an offering to him so that they could continue to have a relationship as his family. But God still desired to have that intimate relationship he once had with his children in the very beginning. So he made a plan to send his son Jesus to the earth and to be conceived through the Holy Spirit to a young virgin na- woman named Mary. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, in Luke 1, 26-38, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a, vil- a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, "Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you." Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. "Don't be afraid, Mary," the angel told her, "for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be the very he will be very great, and he will be called the son of the most high." The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this be? I'm, I'm still a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of, the, of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Isn't that an honor? What an honor. Right. For yes. her, you know, to be chosen. Right. And that's what her purpose was when God created her. That was the purpose. He already had that in mind mm-hmm. before she was even conceived, you know. And right. to think... An angel had to appear to her right. for to re- her to receive this as truth right? because she was a virgin. She was engaged. And I mean, yeah. to become pregnant like that it's a, it's before you were right. you know, married, it's shameful. you could be stoned right. for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and that's why, you know, the angel appeared to Joseph to tell him, don't divorce your wife. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is of God. Yes. You know, and then still she'd have to go through the embarrassment and the shame right, from her family right, right. and trying to explain that to them. Yes. You know, that's that's pretty tough. Yes. A, a so, lot to ask. Right, right. She, they made it through. Right. Yeah. By faith, you just trust in what yeah. God's plan is, Absolutely. right? He'll never, they were he'll both never ob- fail you. 
They were both obedient. Right. Right. So this was a fulfillment of God's prophecy that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, you know, many, many years ago that or before her time. That's that's the scripture that I read at the opening of this episode. Isaiah prophesied about this coming time in history when God's plan would become would come to pass and allow a child to be born that would become the Messiah or Savior who would establish a kingdom that would never end and bring peace on the earth. He would become the Israelites' promised king. You know, in Matthew 1, 18 through 24, it says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, like I said before. Right. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly, like, like I said, being stoned. Right. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. You know, because it was the husband that would name the child. Right. So that was important for for the angel to tell Joseph what you're supposed to name the baby. Yeah. Right. Right. So all of this occurred to fulfill God, the Lord's message through the, his prophet. Look, this is what the prophet said. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Wow. So Jesus grew up and he lived a sinless life. He was fully human and he was fully God. He did what no human could do while he lived on the earth. He showed his disciples and those you know, who followed him how to live and to walk on this earth in the ways of Yahweh. After three years of ministering, Jesus you know, was teaching and he was healing the sick, raising the dead, and showing us how to love one another. Jesus allowed himself to be the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. His sacrifice of his life was the only way that the enormous price for our sins could be paid. His birth into our world was the beginning of God's gift to us, and his sacrifice and death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead three days later was the completion of that gift. That's so awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you know, Jesus came to change the world. That's exactly what he did. You know, Jesus did so much for us, and many still don't understand the full impact of all that he has done for mankind. In Isaiah 53, verses 5 through 6, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now that scripture covers a lot about what Jesus did for us. He redeemed us from suffering and sin for eternity by dying on the cross. Mm -hmm. I found a really good article on OpenTheBible.org titled, What Jesus Christ Has Accomplished, and I want to read a few excerpts from it. The author, Colin Smith, is referring to the Isaiah 53, 5-6 scripture that I just read to you. And he says in that article, when Isaiah speaks about the redeeming work of Christ, he does not begin with our guilt and sin. That comes later. He starts with our infirmities. That has to include your migraines, your arthritis, your depression, and your cancer. You know, Christ also carried our sorrows. That must include the division in your family, the loss of your job, the death of your husband, the pain of your past. Christ has not abandoned you to your infirmities and sorrows. He refused to remain in heaven heaven at a distance from your tears and your pain. He came. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. He took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. Christ did it all for us. He redeemed us on that cross. Yes. Jesus is our Savior, our Comforter, and there is no one else like him. We suffer because we sin. And in the article, Smith says, suffering will end when sin is defeated. Mm-hmm. That is why Jesus came into the world, to redeem us from our suffering and sin. Mm-hmm. Jesus changed everything when he was born. He accomplished much while he lived here on earth. And when he left, by dying on the cross, he sacrificed himself for us. And he then gave us the authority to do all that he has done and more. It's good. Yeah. You know, Kathy, I wanted to add something uh, sure. to that that really became clear to me in the last couple of years. Okay. In the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, you know, he put them in the Garden of Eden, right? Right. And God shared great intimacy with them and his family. And there was nothing that separated or, or was standing between God and man. But when they sinned, it caused a huge separation between them. And, and because God is holy, Adam and Eve had to be sent out of the garden. And a chasm, because of that, a chasm was recreated between them due to the sin that entered into their lives. And they basically committed high treason against their father and creator. But God loved us so much that he created a way for us to have intimacy with him again. And that was by sending his son, Jesus, into the world to live as a human and become the sacrifice, the living sacrifice for our sins. Nothing could satisfy the great debt of our sin. Not everyone may have seen this movie, but as I've said before, my husband and I are big Lord of the Rings fans, yes. you know. And I always think of this example uh, from the last movie of the trilogy uh, story of the Lord of the Rings called Return of the Kings. So Aragorn is the main character in this part. Aragorn is the character in the story who is the rightful heir to the kingdom of Gondor. And he's been hidden away from his people for years, and everyone thinks there's no heir, you know, to lead the people. Only Aragorn had the right to wield the sword that belonged to his ancestor to defeat the great enemy, evil enemy Sauron. The sword of Aragorn, Aragorn's ancestor was broken in battle many years before he was born, right? Yep. But when it was time for Aragorn to step up and take his rightful place as the king, they took the broken pieces of the sword and remade the sword so that Aragorn could go to battle and defeat this great evil once and for all time. The family line had to be remade, and only the rightful king had the authority to do such a task. So in the same way, the family connection between our Father in Heaven and mankind could only be restored by the blood of the rightful heir to the throne of God. You see the connection? Yeah. So God knew only His Son could make atonement for our sins and make that reconnection of the bloodline of our family heritage. So Jesus was the only one who could remake the family line for us. It was Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection from the dead that made the way possible for us to defeat and be reconnected to our Heavenly Father and live and dwell with Him in an intimate way once again. So kind of like wow. in a way, you know, when I'm, when I'm taking communion, personally in my, my, my prayer time, yeah. when I take communion, I thank Jesus for His blood for his body that was, you know, sacrificed for us and for remaking the line between us and the Father. And I end my time saying, I am one with you and you are one with me living together in victory. I love that. It's like it's a toast, good. you know, yeah. I take it like a toast with my glass, you yes. know, mm-hmm. to Jesus, like living together in victory. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's awesome, Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though this isn't a Christmas story, in the Bible, I feel like it relates to Christmas. 
In Luke 10, 38-42, it talks about the story of Mary and Martha. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a small village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. (laughs) And Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. How often are we so distracted at Christmas preparing, decorating, purchasing, Yes. when Jesus is asking us to just simply spend time with him and be still in his presence? Mm -hmm. The hustle and the bustle create the opposite of what he came to us for. He came to bring us peace. Prince of Peace. He, right. In John fourteen twenty seven, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Yep. The message is so simple, yet we tend to complicate the message and try to accomplish everything on our Christmas to-do list. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a parallel story here. Just as Jesus came to us as new life in the form of a baby, he wants to offer new life to us. In other words, Jesus wants us to die to our sinful past or life that we had in Adam and accept the new life, like you're saying, Laura, the Mm -hmm. new line, right, of family. He offers us through him and be reborn. We just have to receive it. Mm -hmm. So we renew our minds with ears and eyes of that of a child. It's waking up each morning and believing Christ is in me and saying, Christ in me, what can I do for you today? Mm -hmm. I like that. And being a child of God means being open to hearing. This is the same perspective we take not just on Christmas Day or during the Christmas season, but every day. How can I help you, Lord? How can I be your hands and feet today? Are questions to ask instead of, what can you give me, Lord? Mm -hmm. Giving isn't so much a material gift as being the face of Jesus to someone in need. Yeah. And, you know, the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah on Christmas Day comes with excitement of new life, yeah. hopeful expectation, the miracle of birth. Also, responsibility comes with new life as well as love, care, trust, and faith. Mm-hmm. So the miracle of Jesus wasn't just in his birth, but that he escaped getting hunted down by King Herod to be killed. Yeah. At that time, all boys two years old and under were being killed. And the angel Gabriel appeared to Joseph, warning him that King Herod would seek to kill Jesus. Joseph and Mary were obedient in listening to God through the angel and fled to Egypt. So with this new life, there can also be new life in how we celebrate Christmas. As I mentioned before, I can get caught up in the same old routine of my parents and grandparents. Yeah. Except I don't have to stay in that same old rut or routine mentality. I can refocus on rebirth new life, not old traditions that keep us locked in. The new life of Jesus is so much sweeter. I agree. Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk about Christmas two years ago. Our daughter came to us and asked if she could put together bags of needed items for the homeless. Oh, I love that. (laughs) She and my husband went shopping to buy items and some food and water and put together these care bags. And they drove down to well-known areas down by Dallas where they would find people and deliver these bags. Mm -hmm. This was one of the most fulfilling Christmases they shared together, and they talk about it today. Wow. Yeah. You know, a new life in us 
thanks to receiving Jesus, can bring new life to others. Yep. Yeah, that's It always changes your whole perspective when you're giving to other people that are in need. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not about me, it's about love. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember many times that I've done that, and it was so fulfilling. Yeah. Both of y'all just said it just brings so much joy. Joy and just compassion. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. God has a heart of compassion. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, giving it just people. brings everything into perspective. It does. You know? And yeah. it just makes us realize how blessed we are. Mm-hmm. When, yeah. Because I've been through it. You know, I've been there. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it makes you realize how blessed you are when you can, when you're able to do those things on your own. Yeah. Yes. Because you and never it, know what's going to happen. I think it's so cool that it was initiated, the idea was initiated by your daughter. Yeah. I you love know? that. Mm-hmm. You know, people go through rough patches, right? Thanks. Some of our trials and tribulations last longer than others. And like I said, I've been there. I know what it's like to not have the things you need to just survive every day. Yeah. And I, know, and I know how much it meant to me when people reached out to help bless me and my family. It was wonderful. And it encouraged me so much. And all I could do was thank God for bringing them into our lives, right? I'm sure that those people that uh, your, your daughter and your husband went down, I'm sure they were so thankful, you know? He knew God, knew the needs that we had, and he made sure we received what we needed and more. So I thank him yeah. for that. And I want to read another excerpt from the article I mentioned earlier. Uh, Smith says, When Jesus suffered and died on the cross, he was more than a friend suffering with us. Yes, he suffered with us, but Isaiah makes it very clear that he is also a substitute suffering for us. So how? Well, Christ redeems his people through his suffering. Look at how Isaiah puts it. Jesus was pierced. Think about Jesus' hands and feet being nailed. Why did that happen? Isaiah says this happened to him because of your transgressions and mine. Jesus was crushed. Think about his holy body crushed under the weight of the cross and by the agony of the, the scourging. What was that all about? Hmm. Isaiah says that was about him bearing these things on account of your twistedness, your iniquities, your sinful nature, and mine. Hmm. Jesus was punished. The outpouring of the wrath of holy God upon the Lord himself. Why did that have to happen? He was beaten, you know? Mm-hmm. He did that because, or so that you may have peace with God. Right. Mm -hmm. Jesus was wounded. What's that all about? Well, that's so you may fully, finally, completely, and forever, in the joyful presence of your Savior, Savior, be marvelously and eternally healed. Right. Christ came to redeem you forever. If you are in Christ, the suffering you know in this world is the only suffering you will ever experience in your life. Think about your your eternity. What is 60 or 70 years of suffering in this world compared to all eternity? The scale of this redemption is staggering. Mm -hmm. Christ redeemed his people with great joy. He gladly counts the joy of your redemption as greater than the pain of his suffering. I just can't even imagine Mm -hmm. how anybody could think like that. But that's the love. Mm -hmm. That's the love he has for us. So I'm so thankful for Jesus and all that he has done and continues to do for us today. You know, he was born to save you and me. He died on the cross to save us from a, an eternity in hell. He is our precious Savior who loves us endlessly. And as Christmas Day approaches, don't forget the reason it is celebrated. Don't forget what Jesus did for you and your family. Let him know how much you love him and be sure to thank him for everything he's done for you. Yeah, you know, at Christmas time, we celebrate Jesus' birth and the hope of our eternal salvation and the promise of life that we have in him forever when we believe him. And so Romans 10, 9 through 13 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's good, Laura. All right, it's time to close. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on Christmas today. Next week, we will all share a word that the Lord gave us for the new year, 2023. Mm-hmm. And we just want to close with this scripture from Luke 2, 8-14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Love it. All right, today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. We appreciate all you do, Caitlin. We love you very much. And we mentioned an article earlier, so if if you'd like to check it out, we will put the link in the notes section of this episode. Yes, and before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And we just want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, and we would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, the number three, at gmail.com. All right, and please visit our websites. Mine's kathyzaka.com, laurapotter.us, and susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right, and we want to say from our family to yours, Merry Christmas! Until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.